0: You're listening to A Light at the Other Side, where we're sharing stories of resilience, healing, and hope. We share the experiences of adoptees, domestic violence survivors, military veterans, and more, so some episodes may contain potentially triggering accounts of trauma. To fully appreciate the light, we must sometimes peer into the dark. Stop telling me to stop being angry. Righteous Rage and Fitting Fury When anger is not only deserved, it's necessary. I write a lot about my childhood and the trauma of being adopted, being abused both in foster care and then in my adoptive home, about Christianity being used as a weapon to both justify abuse and to gaslight me into keeping quiet about it, figuring out adult life on my own with no support, and now having a trans child who is the target of political attacks and agendas. Reading all of that, I think most empathetic, compassionate people can just say, wow, that's a lot that's a lot for one person to figure out. So it really is. I'm of the opinion that if I've had to navigate most of this completely on my own, whatever feelings I've developed out of it are my business and no one else's. But I chose to become a writer and to share some of my most personal moments, traumas and celebrations with the world. And in doing so, to express the emotions that the various events and stages of my life have induced in me. There is a lot of anger. As a basis for a discussion about anger, the Oxford English Dictionary definition, anger is defined as a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. I would think that's universally understandable, that being abused as a child causes anger, feelings of displeasure and hostility, that being gaslit and manipulated by the majority of followers of a major religion causes anger, strong feelings of annoyance, that being rejected, denied access to your own heritage and family, all of that causes anger. So why, when we express our anger, even in harmless ways like words on a page, we are still gaslit, mocked, and shamed for this perfectly natural and expected emotion? Who are you to tell me I cannot be angry? There are many ways this manifests in contemporary conversation, which takes place mostly in the comment section of online articles, social media threads, etc. When someone shares a trauma they experienced or are witnessing, and someone or multiple people takes it upon themselves to circumvent addressing the trauma and instead choose to focus on the victim's feeling about the trauma. These unhelpful comments typically manifest in one of three ways. One, Outright dismissal, mocking, reductive, and patronizing. Well, you sure seem angry. Typical angry liberal. Angry fill in the blank. White woman, black woman, feminist, as usual. Not only are these comments ridiculously unhelpful and unnecessary, but they're also the go to for the lowest tier of trauma deniers, the anger hypocrites. Typically, these people hold plenty of anger on their own. They're angry at immigrants. They're angry at queers. They're angry at women. They're angry at t-shirts and beer cans and coffee cups. They live and die by anger. They craft theology around their brand of anger, ignoring the fundamental truths of their chosen religion, peace and love. And yet one of their victims speaks out, it's, you're so angry. Two, I went through this and survived. Shut up and deal with it. Everyone has a hard life. I actually sort of feel sorry for these people as it's clear they've internalized their own trauma and others mentioning similar trauma triggers them. It triggers uncomfortable feelings, perhaps even, dare I say, anger. And because they are triggered, they need to shut it down, shut down the conversation. Stop the uncomfortable words because they're causing uncomfortable feelings within me and I do not want to address or deal with those feelings, so will you just please shut up? If you're receiving information about someone's pretty bad childhood trauma and they're expressing it with a tinge of emotion, particularly anger, and your initial reaction is to tell them to police their emotion while conveying their trauma, I'm going out on a limb and guessing you've not dealt with your own shit, meaning you're really in no place to provide commentary on others' emotions. Three, possibly the most frustrating, the spiritual woo-woo. I've moved past my anger and you should too. Or, once you release your anger, your life will be better. This one really drives me up the wall. No matter how well intentioned, this type of comment drips condescension and spiritual toxicity. Some people die with fire in their veins, and many of them are immortalized in history specifically for their anger and how they channeled it for the betterment of humanity. Civil rights leaders, abolitionists, martyrs, and warriors all channeled anger into action until their last breaths. If spirituality has facilitated your healing to a place where you genuinely don't feel anger anymore, that's absolutely brilliant. That's beautiful for you. I may one day reach that place, or I may continue to feel this fire and use it to reach out to share my story time and time again for the benefit of others' healing, to continue to fight for the small guys, and to raise children with some fire in their veins. The root of every one of these boils down to this, the perception that anger is always negative. It's important to truly comprehend that anger is not inherently bad. Yeah, for real, I said it out loud. Anger is not bad. Anger is our internal barometer. When something is off in a way that is a threat to ourselves or those close to us, this internal measure, the barometer of self-preservation and justice, spikes and we experience anger. It's how we survive, quite literally. When we're threatened and our adrenaline pumps and we make it out alive, what's the first emotion we typically experience? Anger. Why did you come at me like that? Why did that car pull out in front of me? Why did I get fired? How dare you? What does become negative is the expression of anger. Violence, lashing out, and abuse of any kind, all of those are examples of inappropriate expressions of anger, unless you're acting in self-defense. It's vital to remember that anger itself does not inherently equate to violence or violent rhetoric. One of the most valuable tools to learn and then teach your children is the appropriate expression of anger. We know anger is unavoidable in life, so we may as well learn to appropriately channel it. Sports, exercise, and other forms of vigorous physical activity are an excellent outlet for anger. Art of any kind, music, visual arts, writing, dance, all excellent outlets for anger. Social justice work, protesting, volunteering, advocating, allying, all excellent outlets for anger. Without anger, we have a lot less of all of the above. Imagine a world with no anger. Imagine a world with no James Baldwin or Kurt Cobain. Imagine a world with no Jean-Michel Basquat, who said of his own work, it's about 80% anger, or Jackson Pollock. Imagine a world with no Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. or Malcolm X. Imagine a world with no Tupac. Even if you don't personally know or appreciate these individuals, they all harness their anger to produce or engage in work that change the narrative and move the needle of social evolution, inarguably and permanently. Another layer of this weird phenomenon is how it is applied differently according to demographic. For instance, while searching for an appropriate image for this piece, all of the initial results for anger and rage were people of color and men. Since I am neither, I specifically search for angry white woman and literally snort laughed out loud as somehow white women are still thin, conventionally attractive, and stylized more for an aesthetically pleasing representation of anger. It's literally laughable. People of color and men are expected to be angry, and white women are not allowed to be. Tupac was angry. Kurt Cobain was angsty. Hmm. Good God, we're in a mess. And we're all angry. We're angry about the economy and we're angry about politics and we're angry about our own trauma and we're angry that we cannot control the actions of people we don't understand or simply don't like. And we're all deeply in denial. I'm not angry. You are. So no one is dealing with how to appropriately channel their anger because they're so vigorously denying they're angry or gaslighting themselves into believing they don't experience anger. So what are we to do? We need some radical honesty. We all just need to get comfortable using sentences like, I'm angry about, blank, and I'd like to discuss a resolution that benefits our ongoing relationship. And stop receiving statements involving anger as an implied threat of violence. Say it with me. I'm angry about... Climate change, racism, sexism, adoptees having no rights, the targeting of transgender children for political gain, the fact that you keep leaving dishes for me to wash, the very obvious affair that you're having, the way you abuse me as a child, the toothpaste and hair in the sink every morning, your fence being two feet on my property, the way you talk to our boss about me to benefit your own career, and I'd like to discuss a resolution that benefits our ongoing relationship and or required interactions." If someone is angry, it's because you violated their boundaries and they have every right to experience and appropriately express anger. Replacing the word anger with a, with a lesser, softer synonym conveys a passiveness to the conversation that impedes true resolution. If you're angry, say so. If you're holding resentment or starting to build a grudge, say so. Maturity in communication means being honest in expressing your emotions and being open to fully receiving others' authentic emotions. Include hearing from uh, someone else, I'm angry about this thing you did and we need to talk about it. So very many relationship issues can be resolved this way or avoided altogether. So very many political issues could be resolved if our politicians were true statesmen and could have a dialogue like this in our halls of Congress and Senate, forming the foundation for true benevolent governance. I am frequently of the opinion that we could all actually stand to be angrier about the many easily resolvable injustices in our world if anger moves the needle. If we were as angry and easily inflamed about child hunger as we were about Colin Kaepernick kneeling, there would be a lot less hungry kids. Millions of dollars in endorsement deals were gained and lost by that man kneeling. No millions of dollars went to feed hungry kids because there are no angry mobs on behalf of hungry kids. Anger is a force that moves mountains. We just waste it on really, really dumb shit and we avoid bringing it up in the most crucial conversations of our lives. Stop being weird about anger. Start paying attention to what truly makes you angry and figure out how to apply your skills to those things for the betterment of your life and maybe make a dent in making life better for others. If we all did this, if we all just embraced and talked about our anger, we may get somewhere. Get mad about it and go do something about it. I'd rather not be a social justice warrior, actually, but I have to be one to parent my trans son. I've gotten feedback of the following sort many times over the past couple of years. Just relax. Maybe if you unplug for a while, you can calm down. I feel like this is affecting your mental health. When did you become such an angry social justice warrior? What I wish each of these mostly well-meaning individuals, friends, and family members understood is that to be a mother of a marginalized individual is to forever, 24-7, every day, be a social justice warrior because to be paying attention, awake, and present in my child's life is to be perpetually filled with rage and helplessness as he is treated abysmally by our society again and again and again targeted by politicians, marginalized and minimized by actual adults in society, harassed, bullied, and assaulted at school, victim blamed by school administrators. Have you ever heard your child say he was suicidal? Heard him describe in therapy what method he's considered using in the event he decides to go through with it? Not necessarily because of his own body, but because of what others have made him feel about his own body and being used as a political pawn before he's even of legal voting age. Earlier this year, I sat beside him in a packed warm room at a school board meeting as multiple parents railed hysterically about the LGBT woke agenda at school. A couple of them even going so far as to call transgender individuals dirty, disgusting, carriers of disease, and pedophiles. I held my son's hand and clenched my jaw. Have you ever sat in a room where someone talked about your child that way right to their face and you had to be silent and stay put? Would you not feel anger in that moment and every other moment your child is made to feel that way by Christian adults, no less? I'm tired beyond any comprehension of tired I had before this year. And yet my son is even more tired. Tired of being targeted by adults in the state capitol to fit some agenda. Tired of being targeted by his peers at school whose parents listen to those politicians and infuse their fears and bigotry into their home environment. Tired of having to be cautious every time he goes in public. Having to carefully choose what restroom to use in public to avoid a physical assault. Having to watch his back as violent attacks on transgender individuals are on the rise across the nation. Oh, what a pleasant life to be able to ignore headlines and political agendas and simply live your life. Oh, to have the unspeakable privilege of never having to worry a moment about your child going to public school or to the mall or to the movies or to the beach without the lingering concern in the back of your mind that harm may come to him simply for who he is. Instead of telling me I'm too angry, uptight, or aggressive— Ask yourself how I came to be this way and what conditions exist in our society that are feeding this movement of aggression against children, targeting children for political agendas, threatening the parents of said children with legal action and CPS involvement, and massive media campaigns spreading outright lies and propaganda about what it even is to be transgender. And then ask yourself how I couldn't be angry. Instead of admonishing the parents of marginalized kids for their very justified anger, offer them support and reprieve, a listening ear, a supportive hug, a signature on the petition they share, and simply treat their child like a human being. I strongly recommend everyone check out The Guide to Being an Ally to Transgender Individuals published by the National Center for Transgender Equality and to make every effort to actively show support to the trans people in your lives. You never know how much your vocal support means. So I decided to uh, join together two of these pieces into one podcast uh, because they both discuss anger, the concept of the angry social justice warrior that's always on a rampage, and then uh, just fully exploring the concept of anger and what that means and how it's used really frequently as like a gaslighting term. Oh, you're so angry, you need to calm down. You need to manage your anger. Um, If you just meditate, if you just, you know, everyone tries to tell you how to manage your anger instead of addressing the issues that cause your very justifiable anger. I can't fathom, for example, being the parent of a young black man in today's society and not feeling anger all the time, just all the time. Because I am the parent of a trans kid and I feel anger a lot of times. I feel anger and frustration at a political system that's using these kids as political pawns. And to be really clear, none of these politicians care about trans kids. They didn't care about them 10 years ago. Um, They don't care about children having uh, cosmetic surgery or voluntary surgery. Because children have been having breast implants and breast reductions and rhinoplasty and other forms of elective cosmetic procedures for decades. And Republican politicians have never been up in arms about parents disfiguring their children by letting their 16-year-old get breast implants or a nose job. Those were elective procedures that those parents felt was best for their child to enhance their child's self-esteem. You know, I may not agree with that, you may not agree with that, but no one has ever come out and said that that should be an illegal activity. That's an activity that has been widely accepted in our society for decades. So using something like surgical procedures on children as this thing that we're all going to rally around and we're going to you know demonize the parents of trans kids for getting the same procedures that other teenagers have gotten for actual decades how does that not invoke anger so the concept of anger I think like I've said um, in my piece the concept of anger has really been warped and there's nothing wrong with being angry. This is a topic that I've talked about a lot and I've written about a lot because it's very important to me because I grew up as a child who was being actively abused and during that period of being actively abused and experiencing anger about it and having outbursts of anger, which resulted in more quote unquote discipline, which was physical abuse, The idea that I was not allowed to have anger was so deeply dehumanizing that we can do whatever we want to your body, we can do whatever we want to your mind, to your soul, to your spirit, and you are not allowed to experience anger about it. I've never understood it. I've never agreed with it it's always something that's really gotten under my skin because every human being has the fundamental right to experience and appropriately express anger. I think this is a very ancient sort of tool of conquerors, colonists, uh, people in charge to dehumanize and debase the lived experiences and emotions of victims. If you can tell people, especially minorities and women, to stop being so angry, (laughs) to shut up, you stifle their critical and crucial emotions and emotional expression that would eventually lead to resolution. I wrote two pieces on this and I may actually write more because I believe that the topic of anger is a very, very important topic. I think for many, many years, so many individuals have been gaslit about the experiencing of anger that they now voluntarily within themselves compress and repress The feelings of anger that are completely normal, natural, and would be benefiting them in their relationship, in all of their relationship, in their lives, in their political affiliations, if we were allowed to fully experience anger and fully appropriately express anger and have discussions around the feeling of anger I genuinely believe we would have holistically healthier relationships, conversations, and resolutions to universal problems. We need to be okay talking about anger. We need to be okay facing anger, addressing anger, and figuring out how we can assuage the anger, how we can get rid of it by common sense solutions for everyone involved. I also believe it's just fundamental to respecting someone's humanity, to respect when they're angry, and to be humble enough to say, I'm sorry you're angry. What have I done to cause this anger in you? And how can I fix it? It's a very simple statement. It takes humility. It takes a willingness to actually listen and a willingness to open yourself to the possibility that you're not perfect. You didn't do everything right. You may have done something intentionally or inadvertently that hurt someone that caused anger. So we need to be able to have open conversations about anger and get to a, a place of having healthy resolutions. But I just genuinely don't believe that we can get to a place of a genuinely healthy resolution without addressing the anger that caused the conflict in the first place. I really don't like the term social, social justice warrior, especially when it's used as an insult. I think we should all be social justice warriors. We should all want justice for society, for everyone in society. We should all want everyone to have a pretty equitable chance of living a life that's free from discrimination, that's free from assault, harassment, that's free from being the target of a political campaign, that's free from being the target of a religious campaign. Everyone deserves the equity of a life that would be the result of social justice warriors. If we all believed in justice throughout society, there wouldn't be a need for a social justice warrior. It would just be an inherent act for all of us. I think all of us have something that we're passionate about, like really passionate about. For me, it's the LGBT community and the adoptee community. It's representing adoptees bringing light to the fact that adoptees don't have a lot of fundamental human rights, like seeing our original birth certificate and knowing who our parents are. Those are rights that have been stripped away from us. That's wrong. It doesn't matter who you are or where you fall on any political spectrum. Telling a 40-year-old adult human being they don't have the right to see their own birth certificate or access their own medical records or even know the name of their immediate family members, that's wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. And even more to the point in America, I believe it's unconstitutional to not give an adult American citizen the freedom, the fundamental basic freedom of simply knowing their own genuine identity is wrong. I believe that the way we're treating transgender individuals, particularly children, Making children the target of political ads and campaigns and this entire political movement to demonize children is absolutely, fundamentally wrong. And so both of those things do muster up no matter how many times I talk about it, no matter how much I address it in my own therapy, no matter how much I address it in my own journaling. Those issues will always, always, always until the day they are resolved, should that ever happen in my lifetime. Those issues are going to spark anger in me every single time we have the conversation because they're deeply, deeply personal to me and because people are living in America right now who are being unfairly treated, targeted, and denied access. And that should make everyone angry, universally. To me, even particularly, if you're a Republican, if you're from the party of personal freedoms, how on earth can you possibly justify taking freedoms away from adoptees, from transgender children? So the idea of anger, how we utilize anger, which right now in our society, we don't really utilize anger. We villainize it. If you're angry, you have a problem and you need to deal with your problem instead of us looking at what the problem is that you're angry about and addressing that problem. And more, even more down this road, if there are enormous groups of people who are sharing that anger, black lives matter for example why are we not looking at the root cause of it and why are we talking about their anger and their expression of anger instead of what they are what what could this many people be this angry about this must need attention this must need fixing But instead of looking at that, we look at the expression of anger. We villainize and demonize the people who are expressing their anger, and nothing ever gets done about the underlying issue that's causing the anger. So I think the entire topic of anger, the topic of being a social justice warrior, we really need to start deeply investigating and deconstructing the way that we've addressed anger in our society anger can be healthy anger can be productive if massive amounts of people are beginning to be angry about the same problem you address the problem you don't address the anger this has recently been seen with the writers guild finally ending their strike and receiving terms for better employment better benefits more rights That is because so many people became so angry with the way they were being treated in their workforce that they stopped, they stopped working, they banded together, they had a strike and through their anger and through their expression of anger, their appropriate expression, they didn't riot, they didn't harm anyone, they simply went on strike. And through that appropriate expression of anger, a resolution was finally reached We need to get there as a society. We need to stop bashing people for being social justice warriors and instead look at that person and and the issues that they keep talking about and look at the underlying root problems with those issues. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. And I hope you'll tune in again.